Oh, you shouldn't have. Hello, and welcome to episode 58 of One Man Watchpoint and Overwatch podcast, where we talk about everything going on in the wonderful world of Overwatch. If you're a returning listener, thank you so much for coming back. And if you're not, allow me to introduce myself. I'm your host, Sir Dr. JM. That's at Sir DRJM on all socials. So why not give me a follow, especially over on Twitter? Reach out to me there as I'd love to interact with you. If you have questions, comments, topics, uh, inquiries, anything you'd like me to discuss on the show, bring it to me over on Twitter. You can DM me, you can tweet at me, whatever is easiest for you, and I will bring it to the show. Now, you can, of course, find this podcast on all your favorite podcast services out there, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc., etc. So give us a follow, leave us a review, tell your friends, all that jazz. And of course, if you find a service that you'd like to subscribe on and uh, you can't find One Man Watchpoint on there, then, uh, as I mentioned before, easiest way to let me know is to tweet at me or DM me on Twitter. Now, I also encourage you to go check out the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast, where you can, of course, find myself, Lightforce, and Omni Strife talking Vancouver Titans and Toronto Defiant, and of course, general Overwatch League goodness. Now, for today's show, we are actually going to be calling it a bit of a shorter show. Um, of course, we are in uh, trade season and everything for the Overwatch League, and of course, we don't get much news on Overwatch or Overwatch 2 these days, so there isn't a ton to talk about. However, uh, we do have a few things that we want to cover, um, but let's get things going because it is late and I want to go to bed, but I got a show to do. So let's dive on in. <laughs> get out of my way. All right. So let's get on in there and talk a little bit about, of course, just a PSA. Uh, first things first, the Overwatch Halloween Terror 2021 event will be coming to a close after this coming week. So, of course, we are in the final week of, uh, I don't know, the the special event. Uh, it runs from October 26th through November 2nd. And, of course, this week you have the chance to earn the Clown Roadhog Epic skin. Of course, you can get a spray or whatever avatar profile thingy before that. But, uh, ultimately, the only reason anyone plays these is for the Epic skin, of course. So, make sure you get in there. Make sure you get your wins um, and, uh, yeah, get that Clown Roadhog Epic skin. It is one of the cool, pretty cool ones this, from this event, I think. Much better than Week 2 was. Um, and, you know, at least comparable to Week 1. I like Week 1 and Week 3. So get in there, get your wins before the event is over. And, of course, uh, as I mentioned there, ends November 2nd. And after that, I believe we will be heading into the holiday season. Um, I'm not too sure when the holiday event will start, but you can expect that either late November, early December, probably kind of thing. And of course, that was our PSA for the week. Next up, we're going to head on over to DottieSports.com with an article by Liz Richardson posted on October 21st, which reads, Overwatch's latest experimental patch tests Junkrat Torbjorn buffs. It's been nearly three months since Overwatch developers have shared changes with the community via an experimental card. During that time, however, they were apparently cooking up some explosive changes. The October 21st experimental patch tests buffs for heroes that aren't often uh, a part of the top-tier competitive meta, like Torbjorn, who lost some time off his cooldowns. McCree also got to test one of the more popular buffs to his kit, an aerial combat role that can get him out of knockback situations. Overall, Junkrat received the most expansive potential buffs in this patch. His close-range impact damage has skyrocketed at the cost of falloff damage added to his primary fire. While this makes random deaths from far-off spamming grenades much less annoyingly constant, it also makes Junkrat a terrifying close-range enemy. 
As usual, these changes are experimental and are only active in the experimental card section on Overwatch's homepage. There's no guarantee these changes will make it to live servers in their current state, if at all. So Liz then breaks down the hero changes individually, so I'll go ahead and read through that. Hero changes, Torbjorn. Overload cooldown reduced from 10 to 8 seconds. Rivet gun alternate fire ammo consumption reduced from 3 to 2 per shot. Everyone's favorite builder got a healthy dose of buffs in this experimental patch. A cooldown reduction on Overload, which gives Torbjorn extra armor and speed, will allow him to use it, quote, a bit more aggressively, developers said in the patch notes. The, quote, right-click fire of his rivet gun will also use less ammo, which means Torb just got a lot more dangerous. McCree. Deadeye's initial slower damage ramping speed duration reduced from 0.8 seconds to 0.5 seconds. Combat roll can now be used well in the air. The cowboy is getting some airtime with this quality of life change to combat roll. This defensive ability can now be used in the air, allowing McCree to get out of hairy situations like wrecking ball pile drivers. McCree's ultimate, Deadeye, will also hit peak damage in a faster manner. It'll be, quote, threatening to enemies more quickly than before, end quote, said developers. Uh, developers said, my apologies. Moira. Biotic Orb's slowed speed when it has a target has been reduced from 27.5% of normal speed to 15% of normal speed. When Moira's Biotic Orb finds a target, the orb slows as it, quote, attaches to its victim. This minor buff makes the orb go even slower after it locks on, letting Moira sap more energy and health from enemies. Junkrat. Frag launcher impact damage increased from 40 to 90, and explosion damage reduced from 80 to 60. Falloff was added to the impact damage, and knockback amount has been reduced slightly. Between 15 to 25 meters, impact damage was reduced to 20%. With a few of these changes, the rat might be king once again. Junkrat's close range damage has been substantially buffed, doubling his direct impact damage to 90 with his primary fire. His explosion splash damage has been reduced, but those well-aimed grenades will be able to pack a massive punch. The cost of this buff is the addition of falloff damage to Junkrat's frag launcher. Impact damage is massively reduced at longer range, ranges, sorry, meaning you'll be much less likely to get deleted by random Junkrat spam in the future. Developers said in the patch notes that these changes are aimed at, quote, weakening his long-range spam potential while increasing his close-range combat. These changes can be found on the experimental card on Overwatch's homepage and will likely be live for a week or so. So obviously a couple interesting changes there. Um, and while I do sometimes cut out the stories about the experimental patches um, simply because they don't always make it to, uh, to the live game, we often do see at least some variation of some of these changes making it into live um, or, you know, a handful of them, maybe one out of the batch kind of make it in. So I want to talk about them. Um, Torbjorn, kind of interesting because, you know, as Liz pointed out at the beginning of the article there, you don't really see Torbjorn in high-level play, um, but reducing the cooldown on his overload definitely does allow him to play a lot more aggressively, and then his alternate fire consuming less ammo, again, is only going to benefit that. So really putting Torbjorn a little bit more on the defensive in that sense. McCree's actions... Uh, so, or changes, whatever you want to call them. Um, not incredibly interesting. I mean, 0 0.8 seconds versus 0 0.5 seconds in terms of uh, damage ramping for Deadeye. Interesting because McCree will be able to pull the trigger on Deadeye a lot quicker, probably, uh, you know, give give people a lot less time to take cover and things like that. But really, the combat role is the cool one here. Um, you know, 
as Liz points out there, if you have a wrecking ball pile drive McCree into the air, he can kind of roll out of it to, to back out. Or, you know, if you have something like, uh, I don't know, a Lucio Boop that launches McCree into the air, maybe he's heading towards the edge of the map, he can kind of roll back in to get a little bit closer to the edge and hopefully not get taken out there. Uh, Moira's orb speed, a uh, little bit interesting there. The way the way the orb attaches to its victims is always kind of a pain because then it's like, yeah, okay, just increase your distance from it. But it really does slow it quite a bit. Um, you know, interesting in that it slows more significantly so that it is, in theory, if you're standing still, it will do more damage, but it also gives the, the person being attacked... Um, a greater opportunity to get out of the the range of it as well. So a little bit of an interesting balance one there. Junkrat is probably the most significant changes. Um, again, frag launcher impact damage increased and explosion damage reduced. So ultimately, the more accurate you are with Junkrat, the more direct hits you get. Uh, it does a lot more damage, which is in theory great in mid to close range. Junkrat, a lot of the time, you know, as Liz kind of hints at here, is often just off in the distance spamming uh, grenades at people. So this kind of does change that effect. And then fall off being added to the impact damage and knockback amount being reduced as well. Obviously, they're trying to bring Junkrat in a lot closer so that he's uh, a lot less lethal from those really far ranges. Um, which also makes him more susceptible to, to the enemy or the attackers. So there you have it. That's the experimental changes Ultimately, if I had to kind of guess, um, I suspect McCree's changes could make it into live. I think those are those are pretty easy to deal with, um, kind of reasonable changes, not anything super significant. The combat role is kind of a cool one, if you ask me. Um, would make for some pretty amazing saves uh, on that side of things. Junkrat being so significant, I could I don't know if I see that one coming to live. Um, and then, you know, uh, Moira, they're always kind of making these small tweaks to Moira because people complain a lot about Moira and don't really think her kid is that great. Um, think she's kind of a boring character. And then Torbjorn, I could see Torbs coming into coming into play as well. Um, again, just because it does kind of bring him into the fold a lot more uh, so he can kind of keep up with some of these faster characters like the McCree's Soldiers, Tracers, uh, Sombras, that kind of thing. So that's my thoughts on the experimental card changes. Now, moving on to our next story, we're going to stick with .esports.com, this time on October 22nd, with another article by Liz Richardson, which reads, Overwatch reveals McCree's new name. After his namesake was an inexplicable... Let me start that over. After his namesake was implicated in sexual har... Oh my god, I just can't make it through this sentence. Let's try this one more time. Here we go. Cash on the table. After his namesake was implicated in sexual harassment allegations, the cowboy gets a new moniker. Nailed it. One of Overwatch's most iconic heroes will be rocking a new name as of October 22nd, distancing the character from the real-life allegations surrounding his namesake. The cowboy formerly known as Jesse McCree will be renamed Cole Cassidy, according to announcements from the game's developers. Though the name was publicly revealed today... Cole Cassidy's name will be officially put into the game on October 26th alongside a patch on live Overwatch servers. 
When Overwatch was originally created, the team gave its cowboy character the name Jesse McCree after a real-life Blizzard, Blizzard Entertainment developer. The developer was later involved in the vast sexual harassment lawsuit levied against Blizzard earlier this year and was directly implicated in the, quote, Cosby Suite group chat debacle. Wanting to separate the character from the actions of his namesake, the Overwatch team announced in late August that it would be renaming McCree. Players had lobbied for, a, for the hero's name change, and multiple Overwatch League casters refused to say his name on broadcast. Most of the lines directly referencing McCree were taken out of the game earlier this week. The Cowboy's new name, Cole Cassidy, could have a wide variety of origi origins. While noted outlaw Butch Cassidy is a likely source of inspiration, Hopalong Cassidy, a famous Western cowboy character of the early 1900s, is also a possible namesake. The original announcement by the Overwatch team said the name change would be coupled with a new narrative arc as well as story content, which is yet to be seen. Now, uh, I do want to read briefly from the actual Overwatch post here from their Twitter. Oh, no, unless that's too small and I didn't pull it up ahead of time. So we're just not going to worry about that. Um... I digress. This is a, you know, a change that we all knew was coming. I'm actually very, very surprised it came as quickly as it did. This does really show that uh, the team was putting an emphasis on uh, getting around to this change. Um, I was pretty shocked when, as Liz mentioned there, earlier in the week or a week, a week or so out, uh, they removed the vo old voice lines from the game. And that really surprised me because I kind of thought uh, this would be a lot, uh, not a larger change. It is a large change. I thought this would take a lot longer for them to go through everything and, and do that. Um, but hey, I was shocked that they got that done. And I guess if I had been thinking with my logical brain, I mean, pulling that stuff out of the game must have meant that they were ready to introduce the new stuff or they would be introducing it relatively shortly. So I kind of thought we would just go for a while without hearing the name McCree, but here we go. Now uh, now they're introducing the, uh, the new name. So Cole Cassidy, let's talk about Cole Cassidy. I've uh, definitely seen a lot of split opinions on on Twitter and around the internet about this name change. Uh, a lot of people cracking jokes that it, you know, doesn't really seem like much of a uh, much of a cowboy name and things like that. And I was really quite surprised by that. Um, you know, like like yeah, sure, it's an, it's an alliteration, like that is a little cartoony of them. Um, but ultimately, I mean, Cole kind of a cool name. And then Cassidy, uh, like Liz mentions there, Butch Cassidy, um, you know, Hopalong Cassidy. I've never heard of Hopalong Cassidy, but Butch Cassidy is the first one that came to my mind when I heard the name Cassidy. And it's just kind of like, it doesn't get much more, uh, much more cowboy than Butch Cassidy. So anyways, um, I do think that that is a pretty solid pick. I think no matter what they had picked, they would have faced flack from the naysayers on the internet. And ultimately, I just want to say, if you are one of those naysayers and if you disagree with this name change, like, sure, you don't have to like the name Cole Cassidy, but if you disagree with the reasons for them doing it, or on the other side of things, if, you, um, if you're one of the people on the internet that's saying you're not going to change what you call him and everything like that. Yes, slip-ups happen. Yes, accidents happen. Yes, it will take some time to adjust. But ultimately, if you are saying you're not going to do it just for argument's sake or just for whatever reason that isn't a legitimate reason, then guess what? You're in a, you're, you're a big arsehole and uh, you should get out of here and I don't know why you're listening to this podcast. So I digress. Um, I dig the new name. Uh, it'll take a little bit of getting used to. But ultimately, by the time Overwatch 2 comes out, I think people will just kind of be like used to it and it won't even be a thought in people's minds. 
Um, I would honestly suspect in come Overwatch 2, you're going to have a whole batch of new players. There's going to be a ton of people that have no idea that was his name. There's going to be a ton of people that return to the game and don't necessarily remember his name was McCree. And they'll see the cowboy and they'll go, oh yeah, I remember the cowboy character Cole Cassidy. And they'll just play him, right? So ultimately, once a little bit of time passes, everyone's going to forget that this was, uh, that, that it was a contentious thing just to change his name. So there you have it. Let's move on. This time we're going to head over to GG Recon with an article by Taryn Stockton, posted on October 25th. And this reads, Activision Blizzard is giving away a free name change. As Overwatch's McCree is getting his name changed to Cole Cassidy, Blizzard are also letting Battle.net users change their battle tags for free. Why is Blizzard letting players change their names? The company announced a free name change via a blog post on their official Overwatch website. It stated, quote, As we introduce a new name, you might have the desire to do the same. Starting October 22nd, 2021, and continuing through November 5th, 2021, all players will be offered a free battle tag name change. This applies to anyone who does not currently have a free name change available. Existing name changes will not stack for future use. They continued, quote, Players can request the name change through this form. You will receive a notification once your request has been processed. Please allow up to four weeks for processing. Considering the company's ongoing PR nightmare, this seems like a small act to recover some favor from fans, dovetailing from their change of McCree's name. They then, in this article, talk a little bit about why McCree's name was changed. Um, I don't have to go into that, as Liz's article that I read a second ago uh, definitely dove into that. And of course, if you've been listening to this show regularly or covering Overwatch at all, you would obviously know about everything that's been going on. If you don't, Google Activision Blizzard Lawsuit and read up. So uh, that's an interesting one. Um, I did actually just pull up the, uh, the, the whatchamacallit. Um, you've already used, oh, that's interesting. I just pulled up the form to see what exactly was going on here. And I'm just looking, try the phone. If you've already, uh, yeah, anyways. Um, I just pulled up the form to kind of take a quick peek. Um, seems pretty self-explanatory. Seems pretty easy to uh, to do the name change and all. Um, so yeah, get in there if uh, if you're tired of your name, change it and uh, have at her. Have a, have a good time. I'm just checking mine. Yeah, mine is Sir Doctor JM, just like it always is. So I got no need for a name change. But I digress. Uh, get in there, have fun, get rid of those old, uh, you know you know, the darkness 96 or, or 69 and, and, you know, whatever else, uh, uh, bong hit or 420 and all that stuff. Change your name to something cool like Sir Dr. JM, except don't change it to Sir Dr. JM because that's taken and that's me and I would not appreciate that. And I would like that name on everything. So stay out of my lane. Anyways, let's move on. That's all of our news for this week. So now, of course, we're going to pop on over to the Overwatch League 2021 offseason trade tracker by Liz Richardson over on .esports.com. And let's talk about the Overwatch League. Okay, so first things first, we're going to pull it on up. And we're going to, last week we ended on October 18th. So of course, we talked about the Houston Outlaws acquiring Pelican from the Atlanta Reign, the Florida Mayhem signing Gunba, and of course, OG and BQB from the Florida Mayhem both retiring. So this week, we're going to start with October 19th, Washington Justice acquires DPS Happy parts ways with DPS Jerry. So Washington Justice, uh, as we'll see here, been making some moves, that's for sure. Um, 
Uh, I don't have a ton to say about the parting ways with Jerry. Jerry, I think, a uh, bit of a, a pretty solid player for most of his career with Washington. However, just didn't see a ton of play time. Um, and if he did, you know, Washington not having the greatest season. So nothing too, uh, nothing too exciting to talk about with Jerry. That said, the other side of things, happy coming over from the Houston Outlaws, in my mind, is a pretty big pickup. Um, as I've talked about on the on the podcast before, I was a pretty big uh, fan of Happy's performance over on Houston. A little bit surprised they didn't want to lock him down, but uh, I digress. Um, Washington making some decent moves, even though they had a uh, relatively filled out roster um, from the get-go. Uh, or not from the get-go, uh, but from the start of sort of the offseason and everything. I definitely didn't necessarily see them uh, going for someone like Happy, but I do think Happy can make a pretty significant impact on the team overall. And of course, he'll be paired up with, uh, they've got two flex DPS in Decay and Assassin right now. So Washington shaping up to not be the worst team right now. They've got Mag and Fury on the tank line. They've got uh, Happy on the hit scan DPS. They've got Decay and Assassin over on flex DPS. And then we might just have a little bit more to talk about with them uh, shortly here. So let's continue on. That was it for October 19th. Moving over to October 20th, the Dallas Fuel signs support Chio. Los Angeles Gladiators re-sign support Shu and Skewed. Toronto Defiant adds Moby Dick as assistant coach. So Dallas Fuel, first things first, um, signing support Chio. I'm actually going to pull up an article by Liz Richardson on October 20th, and I'll quickly give this a little bit of a read. Uh, I'm going to skip a little bit as well, though. The Dallas Fuel announced today that it has signed main support Chio ahead of the 2022 season. This is the first offseason pickup for the Dallas Fuel and one of the first new signings in the league as a whole so far this year. Chio formerly played main support for O2 Blast from Overwatch Contenders Korea. The team took first place in the most recent season of Overwatch uh, Contenders Korea, and many of its players have shown impressive performances in one of the most competitive scenes are expected to join the Overwatch League if they're of age to compete. As a main support, Chio specializes in heroes like Lucio and Mercy, but that hero pool could change as the league transitions to Overwatch 2 when the fifth season begins in April 2022. Chio effectively takes place left by takes the place left by former Fuel main support Jexay, who was dropped on October 1st. So far, Chio is also the only rookie on the Dallas roster, which is otherwise full of multiple-year league veterans. And then she talked a little bit about Dallas Field's previous season. So, interesting one there. Um, I knew nothing about Chio. That's why I wanted to read it there, just to give a little bit of a background. Um, but, ultimately, great news for Dallas fans. Um, and if I pull up Dallas's roster, we are actually starting to see rosters fill out pretty significantly. So Dallas right now, we've got Fearless Hanbin on the tank roll. We've got Edison and another player that I'm not going to mention because we'll talk about him in a minute here. Then we've got Sparkle and Doha over on the flex DPS. Then we've got Chio on main support and Fielder on flex support. So that's two, four, six, eight players. So they've got a roster of eight players already. Um, that's, you know, very nicely filled out compared to most of these teams. I think with the exception of the Shanghai Dragons and the Chengdu Hunters, uh, they're one of the only teams right now that has a full roster. So a player to fulfill each role. I'm just looking to check if that's true. Uh, okay, no, it looks like Atlanta might as well. We've got a gap there. Okay, so we've got 
Atlanta, Chengdu, Dallas. Uh, looking for more. We've then got Shanghai. Yeah, okay, so those are the only teams that have a full roster at this very moment. Um, a few of a few names which oh, wow, I can't talk right now. A few names of which we will talk about momentarily here. So let's continue on. Um, Los Angeles Gladiators resigned, supports Shoe and Skewed. That brings their roster uh, almost complete, or almost with a player in every role. However, we haven't talked about uh, at least one of these pickups that we will talk about. Of course, they started the season by announcing that Kevster was rejoining them. Um, and then, of course, uh, shortly after... Actually, I don't know if we've talked about that one either yet. But I digress. Shoe and Skewed, both on flex support. Um, we often saw a double flex support meta this, this past season. So relatively easy or reasonable to think that they would re-sign both of them. Um, let me just double check one thing here. Nope. Okay. We're going to pull that out of there. Um, so anyways, not incredibly surprising though. Um, just given, given their performances and how uh, the Gladiators performed overall this past season. And of course, that brings us to the Toronto Defiant adding Moby Dick as assistant coach. Uh, definitely a surprising one. Toronto seems to be drip feeding us these moves um, or acquisitions or whatever you want to call them. Um, an exciting one to see, and I, I didn't know, but apparently uh, Moby Dick was with the Toronto Defiant previously. So bringing him back as assistant coach from the Philadelphia Fusion this past season, of course, um, relatively big pickup for the Toronto Defiant. Definitely, I think they're showing right now that they are not afraid uh, to throw some money around and bring in some bigger names. So exciting stuff on the Toronto side. Let's move on to October 21st, where we start things off with the Dallas Fuel, signing DPS Edison. Soul Dynasty signs main tank Smurf. Los Angeles Gladiators adds main support Funny Astro. Head coach Deepay departs the team. Boston Uprising signs flex support Crimzo. The team also confirms off tank Punk and main support Faith will be returning in 2022. Guangzhou Charge adds DPS Develop. Washington Justice parts ways with Flex Support Bebe. So I won't touch on too many of, or on all of these too, too much. Dallas Fuel signing DPS Edison, of course, uh, filling out their DPS line there, as we talked about, uh, you know, minutes ago. I think I read that one when I didn't intend to because I didn't realize it hadn't been talked about. But filling out their Hitscan DPS, obviously there. Soul Dynasty signing main tank Smurf. Soul, uh, a team that has been proving to make some interesting moves. And honestly, in my mind, what we're starting to see with Soul, which we'll talk a little bit more about soon, is although they are signing a lot of very skilled, uh, very impressive players, kind of seems like they're going for that all-star player route. Um, you know, it, again, a lot of really impressive players, but it seems to me like a lot of bigger names that, uh, I don't want to say they're past their prime, but kind of seems like they are the the Florida. They are the team that people are going to to retire. The, the, the good old home team that is always going to have a following, always going to make money, and, uh, you know, always going to look great. Um, but ultimately, I don't know that they'll they'll truly compete when, uh, when it comes to the uh, standings overall. So anyways, I digress. Um, great pickup for Seoul ultimately because Smurf could have probably gone almost anywhere coming from the San Francisco Shock, of course. Los Angeles Gladiators adding uh, Funny Astro and head coach Deepay departing the team. Um, 
Funny Astro filling in the main support role, and of course, uh, although we'll get to it, that fills out uh, the Gladiator's support line and uh, almost their whole team. Head coach Depay departing the team. There was some drama around Depay. Um, sounds like there was maybe some bad blood in the way he departed from the team and everything like that. I believe the uh, GM of the Gladiators, Brenda, Brenda Shaw, actually uh, posted a twit longer just discussing uh, what happened with Depay as apparently he had uh, posted something prior to that that sort of called out the management of the Gladiators and everything. A um, little bit interesting there. Uh, it seems like, you know, he had been there for a long time. Seems like he was well-respected. So I'm not too sure what happened there, but uh, I don't want to get into the drama because I just feel like we don't actually know what really happened there. But I digress. Um, Deepay made a huge impact on the Gladiators, and I'm sure if he wants to, he'll be able to find another home. Boston signing Crimzo. Uh, Crimzo, obviously a pretty big name, uh, finally leaving the Texas state and moving up to Boston. Um, interesting one there. There were rumors of Crimzo going to a number of places. He had posted a tweet um, about where he was, you know, first with the Dallas Fuel, then with the Houston Outlaws, and then third, and I believe it was basically a bunch of, uh, just a bunch of emojis kind of hinting where he'd like to go or where he might be going, and Boston was on that list. So there you go. Uh, confirm, and then Boston also confirming Punk and Faith returning. Punk, not too surprising. I think we all saw that one coming. Faith, maybe a little more surprising. I don't think Faith truly really stood out that much, but maybe with uh, the right pieces in place, such as Crimson on uh, the flex support role, maybe he can make more of an impact. Guangzhou Charge adding DPS Develop. Uh, this is one I don't know too, too much about. Oh, that's right. Develop uh, previously with the Shanghai Dragons. So hopefully Develop had some great experience with Shanghai last season. He was, I believe, the only rookie on that team, and he obviously didn't get a lot of playtime because Shanghai was so dominant. But uh, hopefully he was taking notes and he'll make an impact on Guangzhou. And then, of course, Washington Justice parting ways with Flex Court Bebe. Um, as we will discuss, uh, that was a move to free up a slot for another player. October 22nd, we then have Soul Dynasty adding Flex Support Jonak, Dallas Fuel adding DPS Gurio, Florida Mayhem add Flex Support Sir Mahed, Houston Outlaws sign Flex Support Iris. Former Florida Mayhem support Slime and former Chengdu Hunters tank Late Young announce their retirements. So, uh, Jonak coming to the Seoul Dynasty. Uh, this is kind of a little bit of about... This, this is what was leading me to my statements previously. Uh, they've got Smurf on the tank roll. They've got Fitz on the hitscan DPS. They've got Profit on the flex DPS. And then they've got Jonak on flex support. It feels like this all-star team, but all of the all-stars are in the, you know, the over 40 club to use a traditional sort of recreational sports metaphor. Um, it feels like, you know, Jonak, Profit, Fitz, Smurf, they're all these league veterans that are now coming together on the Soul Dynasty to form a super team, but it's kind of a super team that is maybe past its prime. Um, you know, again, these are all very skilled players. They're all awesome. They will definitely have a great season with these players, but I just don't know that they can truly keep up with the teams that are making uh, more significant moves or bringing in some newer blood. Now, that of course, uh, I will eat those words in a moment here as Seoul actually has a couple more uh, players coming into their, their team, but I digress. Um, that's that. Moving on from there, uh, Dallas Fuel adding DPS Gurio. I'm going to pull this one up here. This is another article by Liz Richardson, October 22nd. Dallas Fuel signs rookie hitscan Gurio. 
A few Overwatch League teams have extensively added players to their roster at this point in the offseason, but the Dallas Fuel is apparently still on a hiring spree. Dallas is adding Hitscan DPS Gurio to its 2022 roster, the team announced today. This is the third, pl third player signing announced by the Fuel this week. Gurio may not be a household name, but he was a standout player in the Overwatch Contenders Korea on Team Diamond. The team finished 7th in the most recent season, explaining why he isn't on most fans' radars. But his talent on heroes like Widowmaker and Ash was apparently enough to impress the fuel. He'll join Flex DPS players and Dallas, Staples, Sparkle, and Doha in the damage lineup. On October 21st, Dallas also revealed the acquisition of former Atlanta Rain hitscan Edison. It isn't standard practice for teams to have more than one hitscan players, but the possibility of big changes ahead in the 2022 season may be making the Dallas Fuel stock up on damage dealers. Uh, I'm cutting out a little bit of these articles just because there's a lot of rehashing of stuff that's going on and when the league starts and things like that. But I digress. That's a little look into Gurio, um, a player that I knew nothing about, so I obviously wanted to read a little something about uh, Gurio. Then, of course, uh, we move on to the Florida Mayhem signing flex support, Sir Mahed. I don't truly know anything about that player. Um, I looked into it a little bit. Uh, nothing too, too groundbreaking that I can find. Um, Dallas... So one of the teams that's being a little more slow to announce changes and and signings and things like that, but Sir Mahed filling in the flex support role, uh, I guess, for Florida. Moving on from there, Houston Outlaws signing flex support Iris. Another interesting one. I'm a little bit surprised uh, by some of these pickups. Um, Iris, uh, things like Edison, um, just where they're winding up. I'm a little bit surprised. I didn't necessarily think, like, although they're coming from Atlanta and Atlanta obviously placed second overall in this past season. I just didn't think that they would have a ton of stock behind their name. But hey, Houston Outlaws bringing on Iris, good for them. They obviously see something in them. And then of course, uh, Slime retiring from the Florida Mayhem or from Overwatch in general, but formerly with the Florida Mayhem this past season. And Late Young, of course, retiring from the Chengdu Hunters. We wish them both the best. Uh, I've obviously got a bit of a soft spot in my heart for Slime with my Vancouver Titans fan roots there. Um, but, you know, all the best to them, and hopefully they find success in everything they do. Moving on from there, October 23rd, the Los Angeles Gladiators add Hitscan DPS Ons, and Soul Dynasty adds support Vindamin and resigns Flex Support Creative. So uh, briefly to touch on the soul thing again, um, this one, you know, again, counter to the exact argument I was just making. Um, I'm actually just pulling up a list here to take a peek at this because I actually don't see this anywhere. Where is it? Soul Dynasty adds support Vindamin. Oh, okay. This one's actually not on the list that I'm looking at, um, but I digress. Uh, creative filling in flex support, now sharing that role with Jonak. Um, could be interesting there, but then uh, Vindamin, a little bit of an interesting one, a name that most people won't recognize. Um, I don't have anything to say about him really, but uh, I digress. Hopefully a good pickup for Soul. Los Angeles Gladiators adding Hitscan DPS Ons. Um, I don't have to say too much about this one because this one kind of speaks for itself. Ons, in my mind, uh, one of the superstars of not this past season of the Overwatch League, but the season prior, um, was a hugely impactful player for the San Francisco Shock, and I, I, it was just fantastic to watch him play. And I think nobody could discount how good this guy was, especially on some of those hitscan uh, characters like Widowmaker and Ash. Um, 
didn't have the best season after returning to the San Francisco Shock this past season. Obviously, neither did San Francisco overall. Uh, so, bit of an interesting one there. Um, but ultimately, I think a lot of people still see the potential in him. And hopefully, working with the right pieces, dude can make a huge impact. And I think the Gladiators could just be that place. Moving on from there, October 24th, Florida Mayhem uh, re-signed DPS Checkmate. Bit of an inter interesting one. Um, I didn't necessarily think that Checkmate over on Flex DPS made all that big of a difference on uh, the Florida Mayhem. However, I do see this move as kind of a, he probably didn't cost a lot and he was good enough in some ways. So they're they're locking him down because he's already got the relationship. He already knows the organization and you know he's willing as well. So moving on from there, Toronto Defiant adds off tank Hotba. Uh, this one, again, another shocking move from the Toronto Defiant, and another thing I definitely did not see coming. Um, Hotpa, obviously one of those, uh, you know, in air quotes, temporary contract signings for the Philadelphia Fusion when they had all their visa issues this past season. Um, prior to that, I believe Hotpa played for the New York Excelsior. Really exciting to see him coming over to Toronto, though. Not a pickup, I would have guessed, um, but... Hey, uh, I'm happy to see it, and I'm happy to see some big names here starting to fill in the roster for Toronto, along with a, a stellar coaching staff. So, And we now come to our final day, October 25th, where the Washington Justice add flex support Vigilante, Florida Mayhem adds McGravy as assistant coach, and Philadelphia Fusion announces Carpe will return for 2022. So first thing to talk about, Washington Justice adds flex add flex support vigilant vigilante that's one that i had not uh, that i kind of skipped over earlier um washington filling out their roster they've got two tanks they've got a hit scan they've got oh that's interesting uh they've got a flex two flex dps and they've got a flex support the only role they have left to fill is that main support role now i know nothing about vigilante so i'm not going to say too much Florida Mayhem, adding McGravy as assistant coach. This one, really exciting pickup. Uh, McGravy, I think, is a player that, you know, anyone around the league is familiar with. He won the Dennis Welko Award, um, not this past season, season before that. Um, relatively big name, and I'm really hoping that uh, with the new head coach, Gunba, uh, the two of them can turn things around for Florida uh, pretty significantly in this upcoming season. And then, of course, Philadelphia Fusion announcing Carpe will return to them for the 2022 season. Uh... You know, not a huge pickup because Carpe's simply staying where he was, but great to see that Carpe's not done yet. Um, he was kind of, I think, one of the veterans around the league that, uh, you know, a lot of people will call washed, but I think dude's definitely still got the skill. Could have seen him easily going to the Soul Dynasty, but um, I digress. He's sticking with Philly, and hopefully he'll be able to bring some wins to Philly uh, after, you know, they haven't had uh, the most luck in this past season. Obviously, not a not an awful season, but ultimately couldn't close it out. Now, there is one other uh, pickup that I want to quickly pull up here. Uh, this was just announced a number of hours ago, but isn't actually on Liz Richardson's list here. Five hours ago, as of recording, um, the Los Angeles Gladiators announced that they have, or they are re-signing Space to the team. So obviously Space uh, announced at the beginning of the offseason that he was LFT or, or the team was allowing him to explore his options. Um, and he obviously explored a little bit and decided, you know what, I think I'll just stick with the Gladiators. So he's sticking over on the Gladiators in the tank role, which now means that the Gladiators will also have a complete roster 
Um, as of that announcement, they have Space on the Tank, they have Ons on the Hit Scan, they have Kevster on Flex DPS, they have Funny Astro on Main Support, and then they have Shu and Skewed over on Flex Support. So not only do they have a full roster of players, um, they also have that six-player minimum required. Um, however, I do think they will fill out their roles a little bit more, given the only role they have two players on is the Flex Support role. So that means that uh, Atlanta Rain have a complete roster, but they will they are also pretty expected to pick up more given they only have two players on the tank roll. The Chengdu Hunters have a full roster, and theirs might actually not see too much change. Um, you know, they've got two flex support, two main support, two flex DPS, two hit scan, and only one tank, so that could actually be their entire roster. Dallas Fuel have a complete roster with two tanks, two hit scan, two flex one main support and one flex support so it wouldn't surprise me if we do see dallas pick up at least probably one more flex support given we have seen uh, double flex support metas before uh, but right now atlanta Chengdu, dallas all with complete rosters moving on from there uh the gladiators of course as i just mentioned have a complete roster as of five hours ago uh, but are expected to add more to it um looking on down the list the Seoul Dynasty, uh, Dynasty, Dynasty. Um, the only one I'm not too sure about there with Seoul is I'm not too sure Vindaman. This this article that I had here, Seoul Dynasty at support Vindaman, 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 Vindaman. Just trying to pull up the English translation of their announcement. Uh, okay, so it doesn't actually say. Just given I don't know Vindaman, it doesn't actually say. Um, what his role is beyond support. So if Vindaman is a main support, then that brings Soul's roster to a close, basically. They have two flex support, they have one main support, they have two flex DPS, one hitscan, and one tank. So that does fill out their roster. However, if he is a flex support, then that means they have three flex and no main support. So I kind of doubt that's the case. Vindaman is probably main support by deductive reasoning. I digress. Soul. Uh, I'm going to say they have a complete roster as well. And then, of course, Shanghai Dragons have a complete roster as well. Um, again, two flex support, one main support, two flex DPS, one hitscan DPS, and two tanks. But ultimately, uh, Shanghai is not scared of anything. So there you have that. And I believe that is all the teams with a complete roster at this very moment. So exciting to see Space sticking with the Gladiators. Um, you know, as much as Super kind of defines the San Francisco shock in a lot of ways, I feel like space defines the los angeles gladiators in a lot of ways as well so and that kind of brings us to the end of uh of all the roster moves from this past week um and and with that i honestly i don't have much more to talk about and as i mentioned it's getting late here so i think i'm just gonna bring things to a close and let's wrap it on up thank you all right so once again welcome uh, welcome <laughs> thank you for listening to episode 58 of one man watchpoint and overwatch podcast now if you listen to this you obviously know this is an overwatch podcast where we talk about everything going on in the wonderful world of overwatch but if you for some reason jump to the end then go back start it over what are you doing here go back just listen to the whole thing okay 
it doesn't make any sense that you would have jumped to the end. Um, I'm your host at Sir Dr. JM. You can follow me on Twitter. You can follow me on Instagram. Uh, you can follow me on all socials at Sir DRJM. Please reach out to me over on Twitter, tweet at me, DM me, whatever you want to do. And we can chat if you have questions, comments, topics for the show or anything like that. Let me know over there and I will bring them to the show. You can, of course, of course, find this podcast on all your favorite podcast services out there. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. So give us a follow, leave us a review, tell your friends, all that jazz. And of course, check out the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast as well, especially if you want to hear more thoughts on uh, the Overwatch League as a whole, but mostly focused on uh, the Vancouver Titans and the Toronto Defiant. Uh, with all of that said, I will give a quick reminder that this is the last episode of October, so I believe I am going to do an episode next Tuesday, November 2nd, and then after that we will be switching to um, an every other week kind of format. That said, I'm setting things up so that I'm actually alternating weeks with the Ready, Set, Poem podcast. So if you want your weekly dose of Sir Dr. JM, you'll still be able to get it by checking out One Man Watchpoint and the Ready Set Home podcast. And with that, I'll leave it. Uh, no, and 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 that said, I'll leave it at that, and we'll catch you next week. <laughs>